Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. There were 15 wide receivers selected in the first three rounds of the 2021 NFL Draft, and the first three rounds are in the books. Welcome to the show, everybody. There were 16 wide receivers selected in the first three rounds last year. Unfortunately, none of the third rounders were any good last year, so hopefully that changes this season. We had some interesting wide receivers come off the board. As far as running backs go, only four running backs Guys, do you know the last time only four running backs were taken in the first three rounds of an NFL draft? 2009. Why did you say that so confidently? I, I had no idea. I just thought if I guessed right and it was correct, it would be really cool. It would be pretty cool. You're wrong about that. Dave, okay. give me the same. I don't have a guess because I never sound cool. Just say something confidently like Heath. I love pizza. <laughs> I had a lot of it tonight. Uh, 2016. Only five years ago. Zeke in round one. Henry in round two. Drake in round three. And also CJ Proceis in round three. So three out of four ain't bad. Another stellar Seahawks pick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of rounds two and three? And Heath, you did not get to chime in yesterday. So I'll give you the first word. Um, I was... I thought it went pretty well. I The receivers continued for the most part to not land in good spots, but there were some receivers taken today that I like more than, than like half the receivers taken yesterday. So it's um, really pretty excited about Terrace Marshall, pretty excited about Rondale Moore. Um, you like them as players or as fits and fantasy options, you mean? Yes, right. all of those things. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so when you say half, you mean how many of the five? How, what half of the Two. five wide receivers? Well, actually, like for for purposes this year, I don't hot take. I don't think it should be surprising at all if Terrace Marshall is as good as Jalen Waddle this year. Mm-hmm. We're gonna rank them in the in a moment. The top five. We'll rank our top five rookie wide receivers for 2021. Dave, give me your overall thoughts on day two. Overall thoughts on day two is uh, I, I think it was it was fine. I'm a little disappointed that the 49ers took Trey Sermon for you know my shares of Jeff Wilson and for everybody else's shares of Raheem Mostert because I know there's so many people out there that love Raheem Mostert. Um, a lot of running backs that we thought would get competition ended up not getting any. Mike Davis in Atlanta, still the main guy. Miles Gaskin in Miami, still the main guy. Zach Moss or Devin Singletary, whichever one you prefer. Matt Breida, if you're a weirdo, still the main guy. Those are three teams that everybody thought they're going to draft a running back. The running backs that are there, the veterans that are there, they're going to be useless. 
So far, not the case. And did you say the Jets too? No, I, no the Jets don't really have anybody. I mean, we could we could say Tevin Coleman is safe so far. I don't think those guys are really good. Like nope. I'm not I'm not going into my fantasy draft going, man. I hope good I is not Michael going to be the bar right. for running back in New York. It's about to change. It could be. It depends it, on who they draft. The Jets have the second pick of day three. The Falcons have the third pick, and I believe the ninth pick. I'm Didn't feeling we running say back. This last night about <laughs> round two. I'm feeling running back. There've only been four selected. We still have. I mean, they could still take a top five running back in the class, right? How about that? I could see myself getting excited over the Jets getting Michael Carter. You, you know who's excited? Tomorrow. Who? Russell Wilson. He just tweeted Eskridge exclamation point. Wow, that's great. Oh, how many exclamation points? Uh, just one, but then can't <sighs> wait to see you ball out, followed by three, followed by hashtag go Hawks. So, so four exclamation points? So I think what he's saying is, ha ha, Aaron Rodgers, my team <laughs> did what I wanted them to do. <laughs> hey, so did Aaron Rodgers. It took a little longer. You know, the Seahawks only have three picks in this draft. Could end up with more if they trade in, or but but they started with three picks and they took a wide receiver. Does that does that mean they're going to let Russ cook? Does that mean he's not? They're not going to be as run heavy as we no. thought. I bumped their pass rate one percent because I, of Eskridge. Yeah, I didn't if, even know he was worth that much. If if like we've been a little bit reading the tea leaves anyway, like they are going to make this big change from last year and go back to what they were three years ago because of some. There's been some talk that they want to do some things differently. But the fact they only had three picks and had the needs they did and took a wide receiver first, I don't, I, I don't buy that they're just going to go back to super run heavy. And you know what they, the change they could make. I'll try to get the quote, but uh, this is what Pete Carroll said. Well, I don't have the exact quote, but he said they will get the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands quicker. So that could be the big change they make on offense. Just a different style, I guess. But. Eskridge could help them do that. Yep, screen slants, whip routes. He yeah. he can also take. They didn't have anybody to return kicks and punts, and he can do that. Well, because if, if they don't want Tyler Lockett to do it, why would they want Tyler Lockett to do Maybe it? He's done it, yes, for a large part of his career. And now they've got somebody who's young and fast who can do it. Well, Let's he's not going to be one of Tyler our Tyler Lockett for this passing game that's going up one whole percent. <laughs> he's not going to be one of our top five rookie wide receivers. So let's get into that right now. Your top five rookie wide receivers, Dave. What do you got? I've got Jamar Chase first. That didn't change today. I've got Devontae Smith second, Jalen Waddle third. I've got Terrace Marshall fourth, and as of now, Kadarius Tony is fifth. Ooh, interesting. Okay, all of the four of the five first rounders so Heath Dave goes Chase Smith Waddle Terrace Marshall on the Panthers and Kadarius Tony Giants first round pick what's your top five for extra credit I've tiered mine as well in tier one I've got Jamar Chase tier two Devontae Smith Jalen Waddle Terrace Marshall tier three at the top of tier three it's tier three is much bigger than this but number one in tier three Rondale Moore you want to hear what Schrager and I said? We talked about this while we were waiting for you. Okay. Okay. So I went Chase Smith. <laughs> uh, I'm going with, with uh, Rogers to Rogers to Rogers on the Packers. I I think it's really hard Waddle to and Marshall. like. Yeah, it's hard to overlook how great that second wide receiver in Green Bay has been in Aaron Rodgers era. 
Yeah, you're right. I, because it used to be Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. And then James it was Jones. and then it was Devonte Adams and I think Randall Cobb. Uh, so they've had absolute garbage wide receivers, which is why oh, they haven't been good. Not, but I don't think Alan Lazard is garbage. I think I I think they're going to upgrade big. And, and this is a slot guy here that's not just going to go downfield. It's going to give them a different element here. So 85th overall, Amari Rogers. I don't know. I can't say I'm going to stick to this, but my initial instinct is he's going to be a big surprise. And he's going to be, uh, he's number three ahead of Waddle and uh, Terrace Marshall. But I don't, and then Schrager said Waddle, uh, Chase Smith, Waddle, Rogers, Rondell Moore. Look, I, I get it with Rogers. He's, he is an NFL ready slot receiver. He runs great routes. He's got good hands. He reminds me, this is what I said about Van Jefferson last year. And if Van Jefferson had gone to Green Bay and been the, slot guy in Green Bay, he would have been awesome instead of being what turns out to be a bench receiver in LA now. I uh I, I get where you're coming from on that. And in PPR leagues for sure, he's a candidate to be a top five rookie wide receiver. He, he's one of several guys we got to talk about. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna take him over Waddle just because the prospect pedigree is so different. But I think the amount of touchdown passes that uh, the Packers are going to throw is just going to be a difference maker there. So, I, I, by the way, I looked at the receiving yards for each team other than the top three because I just figure most people are going to have those top three wide receivers as their top three um, for the most part. But the receiving yards for the, for the teams that drafted wide receivers and number one was the Texans. And they obviously have a big hole to fill. So... That's that was an interesting pick that they made of Nico Collins in the third round, six foot three, big outside wide receiver. This was the wide receivers receiving yards. No, sorry, year? the team's passing yards. Uh, so, like, which which wide receiver, which rookie wide receiver, other than the top three, is going to the team that threw for the most yards last year? The Texans threw for the most, followed by the Packers. No, I think the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks were two. no, the Chargers. Sorry, Chargers were two. Uh, they that's another guy, Josh Palmer. He's got a chance to be top five, right? I don't understand that pick at all. They have three Josh Palmers on their team, and all three of them are faster than Josh Palmer. One of them had six drops last year. So, yeah, this is another downfield guy. And, right, they they do have, that is a redundancy. But is Mike Williams just not really that good, and they're trying to upgrade there? Yeah. I don't know. Like every measure we have of efficiency says that Mike Williams is very good. Then why hasn't he been for fantasy? Because there's, well, um, they, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry have dominated targets. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing the numbers. So he's been yards per target, good measure of efficiency. And, you know, he's been really good there, but he's never had more than 90 targets. He's never been higher than 32nd in PPR. He did have a year where he was, I think, 23rd in non-PPR. Mike Williams has had a 1,000-yard season and a 10-touchdown season. Um, all right, fine. So anyway, just back to all the receiving yards. Green Bay was third or fourth. Um, Green Bay, Carolina, Arizona, the Rams, a bunch of teams were very bunched up. But, of course, the, the Giants, the Ravens, and the Jets were way, way at the bottom. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just buying into the offense, buying into the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, buying into the passing touchdowns. That's why I'm excited about Rodgers to Rodgers. Sure. Amari Rodgers from Clemson going to the Green Bay Packers. Would you be as excited about him if Jordan Love was his quarterback? I'd make him number one above okay. the rookies. Okay. <laughs> no, I wouldn't draft him. 
Uh, all right, let's see. What else What else uh, should we talk about? I think let's go to the running backs to start the show. and Or, you know, 10 minutes into the show, whatever. Let's talk about Javante Williams, and let's talk about Trey Sermon. First, let's talk about the Pick 6 podcast. The NFL Draft is here, almost done. If you want the instant reaction from a non-fantasy standpoint, uh, the Pick 6 podcast is your audio outlet for the immediate reactions. Trevor Lawrence to Mr. Irrelevant. They've got it all. And if you want to know how your team fared, they've got the draft grades on all the selections, the winners and the losers, the team-by-team grades, like I said. So follow the Pick 6 podcast wherever you follow fantasy football today. All right, Javante Williams, 35th overall. The Broncos traded up to get him. Last year, believe it or not, Melvin Gordon was 12th in non-PPR. He was 13th in PPR. He was about 20th, though, on a per-game basis. And in the 10 games that he played with Philip Lindsay, he averaged 12 carries per game. So, which running back are you drafting first, Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams? Heath. I will draft Melvin Gordon before Javante Williams. Um... I don't have either of them in my top 25 running backs now. Gordon fell from, I think he was 21. He's now right around 28, although everything is um, pretty fluid right now. And and listen, I, Javante Williams is not going to project as a top 36 running back, but he'll definitely be drafted as one and be there in my rankings. I just think Gordon was pretty good last year, and, and Williams is probably going to play a secondary role unless Gordon gets hurt. I really like Williams. I'm not sure if I've got the cojones to rank him ahead of Melvin Gordon because if Melvin Melvin Gordon, you figure will be the lead back to begin the year, right? And then if he does okay with it, it's just going to take Javante Williams that much longer to get the role. But it wouldn't surprise me if by Halloween, Javante Williams is the trick and or is the treat and Melvin Gordon is the trick. That was me trying to make a cool Halloween reference and I failed miserably. This is a pretty unique situation. We have these a lot of times where we have like a 27, 28 year old back and we and somebody gets drafted there and we think, well, that guy is going to be better and eventually he's going to take over and we just kind of have to wait for that to happen. Usually when that's the case, the younger guy has the better pedigree. Yep. And this is a situation where we're talking about a former first-round pick who has mostly been really good, at least for fantasy purposes. Scores a lot. And had one of his best years, maybe his like maybe his second best year ever in terms of efficiency last year. Um, Mm -hmm. And a third-round pick or second-round pick, third round, second, second-round pick, second, yeah, thirty-fifth overall. I, oh, I wait, don't, wait, wait. oh, I'm sorry. I don't what, what, what are you saying second round pick? You mean Williams, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. It's unlikely that Javante Williams is noticeably better than Melvin Gordon in his very first year in the NFL, right? Noticeably. It comes down to how well Melvin looks this year. And it, he put up numbers last year. Did he look good doing it? Was he efficient doing it? I can yeah, look up some 4. numbers. Six yards per carry. It's, sure. I mean, that's a that's a decent place to start. But there's other ways that we can try and measure his efficiency and see if he was, um, looking good doing it. But for for the audience that we're talking to right now, they just want fantasy points. They don't care if he looks good. If he's getting a lot of work, that's a big part of it, and that's what he wants. But most so that's of the ways we have to measure it, we would say that Melvin Gordon has is a more talented running back than Javante Williams. Still, I don't know. We think, I, we have not yet seen any sign of Melvin Gordon 
skills deteriorating. I thought he played pretty well last year, I guess, but I also was really disappointed at the way he finished. I thought he was going to have a huge finish because Philip Lindsay was out and he got he got almost I think around twenty touches a game when Lindsay didn't play. So I thought he was going to be great, uh, but he absolutely was not. He wasn't that involved in the passing game. No running back on the Broncos was. Um, why do you trade up to take Javante Williams? If because you, he's your future. If you really back. believe, I guess, but that's a that steep is, price to pay for someone that's not going to do anything this year. Uh, well, because they're do not something. doing it just for this year, Adam. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm just saying, but it is a steep price to pay for, for a, you know, for a, a team, like I said, for a pick 35th overall, if you're not really planning on, uh, but they'll use them. They'll use them. I just don't know how much. I mean, they're going to use them, and that's what stinks. The way I tell me if you agree with this, there's little chance I think that there's not a committee, at least oh, to begin for, it's to begin the season. That, I think it's very clear they de- strongly desire a committee. But that's which the only player, question that I have about Williams for Dynasty is: Does that desire carry forward once Melvin Gordon leaves after this season? Which I think that's player, though? Which player has a better chance of just winning the job outright and being a feature back? Uh, Melvin Gordon, because all he needs is for Javante Williams to not quite acclimate to the NFL quickly. Plus, and this is just being fair, as much as I like Javante Williams, he split at North Carolina. There was another back in this draft class who is exciting, and a lot of people had as the fourth best running back in the class that he was splitting work with. And he's still relatively new to the position. In high school, he played linebacker until his senior year. And now here he is. You know, few years in college, never was the workhorse. And yeah, it kind of makes sense. And and I, I hate to do it because no one's going to be excited to draft Melvin Gordon. They might be okay drafting Melvin Gordon if he falls far enough on draft day. And there will be people who are excited to draft Javante Williams because he's exciting and he's new. But you're right. This is a team that wants to use multiple running backs. I think if you are really crazy about Javante Williams, you've got to hope that Melvin Gordon has an off-field incident or gets hurt again or something that keeps him out and it just wedges Javante Williams into being a 65% of the snaps guy with Mike Boone taking something away from him. I don't know if there's a a scenario that plays out where Javante Williams is the guy, Saquon Barkley style, in the Denver backfield. Uh, yeah, I'm also interested in his receiving role because he caught 25 passes. That's the same amount as Michael Carter caught last year. I don't think okay. he looks like that, though. He he doesn't. What, no. Right? He doesn't look like a three-down back. Oh, I disagree. I think, think he does. Think so? Okay. I, I do for two reasons. Number one, I think he is a good receiver. Just because he didn't do a lot of it in college doesn't mean no, that. No, 25 is good, Dave. I, I, I was surprised by that. He's so physical, and he loves to just ram into people but uh I, right that's that's kind of a negative but we've got yeah. to put the reception guess at 70 30 in melvin's favor i think so but guess who's guess who might be the better pass blocker williams was a better pass blocker in my opinion than Najee and etn yeah, i think he's the best pa- among the best pass blockers at running back in this draft class and he might be a better pass blocker than Melvin Gordon. Gordon has not graded well as a pass blocker, if I recall correctly. All right, let's go to the Trey Sermon pick. 49ers take him late in round three, 88th overall. And 
who's the best 49ers running back now? I'll stick with Mostert. I know it's not Wilson, and I know it's not Sermon. I guess it's Mostert, but he's even more likely than Melvin Gordon to miss time, and he's certainly going to split work. I have I have Gordon at 28, Mostert at 29. Okay. Ready for, ready for some uh, some Twitter polls? Let's throw in. No, I think we should talk about here. Sermon a little bit more, to be honest. I, I like right. Sermon a lot, and I think he fits San Francisco's style really well. Really well. well. And he, I, like I said on the show, the watch party, um, I, he has a 18 carry, 140 yard, two touchdown game one week. I'm not going to be that surprised at all. Like in this offense, it's a, it's such a great situation. So the nice thing about Williams and Sermon uh, is that they both measure up as running backs that we will draft round seven plus, and you'll be patient with. Oh, no, Javante Williams. Yeah, I don't think he's getting there. Do you think someone will take him before then? Yeah, I think so. Let them take him then. Yeah, for sure. What do you you don't think so? Because I think round. I don't five. think I've. I don't think I'm ready to take Javante Williams in round five or round six. So tell well, me, something, tell me why something goes haywire with Melvin Gordon. Tell me why this is different than J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, and Dobbins well, went went in probably Dobbins round five is or six. A much better prospect than Javante Williams. Fact. A lot of people thought that Javante Williams. I don't know if I should say a lot, but enough people thought he was the best running back in this class. There was a lot of buzz about him being the first one selected. I don't think anybody thinks Najee Harris would have been a top two or three back in last year's class, do they? Prospect-wise, like if you're comparing well, Najee J.K. Harris Dobbins to wasn't, Taylor. J.K. Dobbins wasn't a top three. He was, well, what, he was for some fifth, people. And Javante Williams was, was number one was for one. some people. I, I'm, not sure, uh, I'm not sure I agree that, that Dobbins was a much better prospect than Williams. I mean, they're both second-round picks. I don't know. How could he be that much better? I think if I'm comparing them, I would take Dobbins over. I would Williams. too. I would too. But it, but Ingram was coming off a top ten fantasy season, and is it really that much? And all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, Dobbins didn't go in the seventh round. People were excited to take him. If there was an injury, Dobbins was going to run away with it, and it wasn't a very good pick because he had to wait so long for him to come through. So maybe it will be a mistake. I just I don't think Javante Williams is going in the seventh round. And just for the record, there were people that were dropping Jonathan Taylor at one point last year during the season, too. Jacob Dobbins? No, Taylor. Oh. I'm saying, like, right. just on the topic of rookie running backs, they disappoint you. After a few weeks, people get impatient. They let him go. That could happen here with both of the running backs that we're talking about, where you draft Sermon or Williams, and if you do it before round six and you're an impatient person, or before round seven, or round, you draft him whenever you draft him. If you're an impatient person and you're not – respectful of the long-term process with these running backs, you're going to let them go early. Someone else is going to reap the rewards. These, I feel like both of them have a chance to be good second half running backs during the season. Mm -hmm. This is fun. Um, player profiler always has the player comps, the best comps for running backs. Uh -huh. Oh, Javante Williams, Williams is, is Mark Ingram, right? No, his uh, best comp is a former Bronco. Who? No, Sean Moreno. Oh, yeah. I, I, isn't Mark Ingram on that list, though? I don't know if there's a list. It's usually just PFF a does a list, and I and I think Mark Ingram was the best running back on the list for. I, I kind of see that because Williams is a physical back who can do a lot of things well and doesn't have breakaway speed. <laughs> no, Sean Moreno was that. Yeah, unless he's playing the Hurricanes, and he's got. They were almost. Speed. I didn't realize this, but he is. He and Dobbins are the same height. He was three pounds heavier than J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. 
he is three tenths of a second slower than J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, he's not a burner. Not a slug. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now let's do some Twitter polls here with some running backs. We have to talk about the veteran winners and losers. Uh, let's update this Twitter poll. Which running back are you taking first in a half PPR league? Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Mike Davis, or Miles Gaskin? Gordon Williams, Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin. Today, this is a very easy, <laughs> I think, very easy poll to answer today. Go ahead. But I don't know. I I would say Gaskin. I think I would too. Yeah, 43%. Williams is second at 22%. Mike Davis, 21%. Melvin Gordon, 14%. Oh, I see. So is that what got your wheels turning, that people are just going to be ice yeah. cold on Melvin Gordon? This is the first time I saw the results. Yeah, I would take, I would go Gaskin, like today, Gaskin, Davis, Gordon, Williams. I I just, I'm not ready to commit to Gordon Williams. It's probably going to be how they'll start out in my rankings, but otherwise, yeah, same order. Who's your favorite of these rookie wide receivers? Rondell Moore on Arizona, Terrace Marshall on Carolina, Josh Palmer on the Chargers, Amari Rogers on the Packers. Moore. Marshall. Marshall, Palmer, Rogers. Marshall for you, Dave? Marshall's the right answer. Um, we're talking this year yeah. or Dynasty? This year. Uh, Marshall. Marshall's the answer's in, different if we're talking Dynasty. I think it's place. the same. It's, and I really like Rondell Moore a lot. I really like him a lot. I, I do, too. And I love the fit. I do, too. A lot. He could be like Christian Kirk and Chase Edmond, just combine their stats. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's leading. He's got thirty-seven percent of the vote. Amari Rogers twenty-nine percent. Terrace Marshall twenty-five percent. Josh Palmer nine point three percent. All right, this one is. I, I thought I thought the results of this one were very surprising. Who is your favorite of these rookies? Kadarius Tony on the Giants, Elijah Moore on the Jets, Nico Collins on the Texans. Deami Brown on Washington. Kadarius Tony on the Giants. Elijah Moore on the Jets. Nico Collins on Houston. Deami Brown on Washington. Who's your favorite? This is mm. the dawning of the age of Kadarius. <laughs> age of Kadarius. I am now at wide receiver 61. How long do I have to scroll in the projections before I find one of those wide receivers' names? <laughs> Uh, we're at, oh 71 Kadarius Tony. There it is. Hey, okay. So you and I'm not agree. saying that I like Tony as like a number three or a number four receiver or anything like that. I agree with Heath. He's going to be someone that you stash on your bench. I went into today with him ranked 64th among wide receivers in PPR, but he's my favorite of the ones you named. I okay, don't anticipate well. drafting him in a redraft league. But by the way, you'd be surprised. One of these players, not Kadarius Tony, has 56% of the vote. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. I think I like Elijah more, possibly more than Tony. Um, well, but then you you were scrolling, and Tony was no, the first one you found. I have Tony projected the highest right now. Right, right. I'll tell you what I said about more on the draft party. This this Jets coaching staff came from San Francisco, so they've got a lot of the concepts that they ran in San Francisco in mind for their offense. And when I watched Elijah Moore play, he reminded me a lot of Debo Samuel. Physical receiver after the catch, short area guy, probably more of a slot guy. Debo could play outside, but he works fine in the slot too. Moore's going to theoretically bump Jamison Crowder out of the slot. I could see him being a really reliable short area target for Zach Wilson. 
And that's, and we, we know that the Jets should end up throwing a decent amount. It could lead to a decent target share for him, but there are a lot of other receivers on this roster. And as long as Crowder's there, it makes me worried about just how much of a target share more we'll get you, as a rookie. You said something else on the show that I, w- I was hoping you were going to lead with. Which is? That maybe he just pushes Crowder out of New York. That can happen for two reasons. One, he could be the better slot receiver. Two, he's definitely the cheaper slot receiver. So they could save some money on the Only old cap. Only $1 million in dead cap on Jamison Crowder's contract. He is owed $11 million, So they'd save $10 million by cutting him. But they could do it at any time, too. So he yeah. can go to camp and... But if Crowder was cut, cut that, then it would easily easily be Elijah Moore. I think it would be, too. But hasn't happened well, yet. What? And we also, you know, we spent yesterday's podcast poo-pooing Zach Wilson. Right. So I don't... I, I'm not convinced that he can Well, but I've spent somebody. the last three years poo-pooing Daniel Jones. So <laughs> I'm to hold that against Elijah Moore. Okay, fine. Yeah, but uh, w- would you... You would not take Elijah Moore over Corey Davis, would you? Not yet. I don't think I would even if Crowder got cut. Crowder was my highest ranked Jets receiver in PPR. So um I don't know. I still don't want to draft any Jets. I but like how yeah. does Corey Davis fit into what the 49ers have done? That's not the type of wide receiver they've really utilized. Is he a good run blocker? Probably. I mean, he played for the Titans. Exactly. So that's the only thing he did most of the time. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. I want to just I want to um, talk about Deami Brown because I think everybody saw all the hype, right? A lot of I shouldn't say everybody. Sorry. Speaking personally, I saw the hype, and I, I saw a lot of people really liked him, and people thought Deami Brown out of UNC might go in the first round, and he's a back-to-back thousand-yard guy, back-to-back twenty yards per catch. A lot of people had him rated very highly, and he just kept falling. So he goes to Washington, and perhaps he's just a, a good compliment for Terry McLaurin. He only got 14% of the vote compared to Tony had 22%, Elijah Moore 56%, Nico Collins 9%. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts overall on Deami Brown? Is it, he, you, know, you could call him a steal, but I have to say the same thing I said about Justin Fields yesterday when everyone who's not in the NFL community thinks this guy is great, but the NFL community clearly doesn't agree. That's, Maybe that's he's not, not a steal. That's not true of Justin Fields. Like he, A team traded the house up to get him at pick, what, 10 or 11? They didn't 11. trade the house. 11. They traded one first-round pick. To move up, I mean that's nine that's spots. not the whole league uh, thinking no, he's not. Good. But he's the fourth quarterback off the board, and when so many people, oh, he's my second quarterback. He's my second quarterback. You heard that all the time. Well, he was fourth. You heard it from us in this draft. I heard yeah. that about Patrick Mahomes too. Absolutely, it could it could certainly happen. Sean Watson, Patrick, whatever. But I don't know. All I'm saying is maybe people were just too high on Deami Brown. But if we're not, maybe if the people were right, then this is a great pick. What could he do I, yeah, in Washington? He's a Fitz Magic kind of wide receiver. And I I really wish that Washington had not gone out and signed Curtis Samuel. Because if that had been the case, I think he fits better with Fitz Magic than Curtis Samuel does. But I have a hard time seeing how he's going to make an impact with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel already there. Well, who do you like better? McLaurin? I'm sorry, not McLaurin. <laughs> Samuel or, we'll or say Brown? McLaurin. Samuel or Brown? Samuel. Oh, Samuel. Okay. Because I think Brown's going to be a complimentary player. Like the the numbers were great in North Carolina. He had 20 touchdowns in his last 24 games at UNC. 
big time deep threat, the type of guy that you want on the other end of Ryan Fitzpatrick YOLO balls. But I don't think the target volume is going to be very good from week to week. Uh, I think the only way he's got a shot is if McLaurin gets hurt. Give me, give me some, uh, sorry, give me some veterans who are winners and losers tonight. Let's start with the winners. And yeah, let's save Miles Gaskin and, and Mike Davis. The they're, two biggest winners? They're winners right now. We'll certainly Zach Moss re- revisit them. Yeah, okay, we can talk Buffalo. Singletary. We can talk Buffalo, but after such a such an unreliable year from them, are you really going to? When are you going to draft that? The fact that they're still relevant keeps them in the in the winner's circle. Yeah, but I, when would you draft the Bills running back? Mid round. Uh, I yeah I um. That's the thing. Like it seems more likely to me that Devin Singletary or Zach Moss could become a feature back in the first month of the season than Javante Williams. Yeah, but right. what That's about the draft? I would draft those guys. I'd draft both of them ahead of Williams, I think. What about at the end of the season, though? What if you're, what if you're talking about a bench spot? Well, yeah. I don't think Williams pick. is taking the job from Melvin Gordon. Okay. Period. I don't have any reason to think he's better than Melvin Gordon. I can't think of one piece of evidence that would suggest that. Well, you can look at the talent. You're drafting him for talent. The people who do think that, Heath, and the people who are going to draft right. him, they're thinking about the talent that they saw in North Carolina. That's right, that. but but Melvin Gordon's a multiple-time thousand-yard rusher, double-digit touchdowns, like for former first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I, you I, liked I, Melvin Gordon this much. I don't much. think Javante I, Williams is good. Where is this Melvin Gordon love coming from? I did not think it's you not were a Melvin love, Gordon guy. But like, we're not talking about Marlon Mack here. He was actually, yeah. this is Melvin I'm talking about. He was actually top 15 in pro football focus elusiveness ranking last year. 21st in yards after contact per attempt. Those are two metrics that, that I look at. Is that good? I The 21st is not great. Okay, but at least he's in the top 24. I think that's solid. What's the, but the uh, top 15 in elusiveness is kind of surprising. What's the uh, minimum? I, I think it would depend on what the minimum carries is. Like if it's minimum five attempts, it's actually the numbers higher if because I'm including guys like AJ Dillon who had 46 attempts. Okay, Justin yeah, so Jackson yeah, who had 59 attempts. Then. Okay, so all right, Bills running backs are winners. Anyone else jump out at you? I think Kyler Murray's a winner. We didn't really oh, get yeah. into Rondell Moore and why we like him so much, but I, I think that this offense is shifting toward even more toward being Kyler centric and not shifting toward let's improve that run game. Now I know they added James Conner. I think a lot of people aren't excited about James Conner. I think he's there to be the quasi thunder to chase Edmonds lightning, but the best rusher in Arizona is Kyler Murray. And they have taken that one of, one of the things I hated about the Arizona offense was that they didn't challenge downfield enough. And I'm not sure if Rondell Moore is is that guy. I don't. In fact, I don't think he is. I think he's a short area target where you throw him a pass, you hit him in stride, and he makes a play after the catch. Over 70% of his yards at Purdue came after the catch. One of my favorite stats about him. He is lightning quick. He's short, but he's strong. He does have some health issues. I think he can be a guy that can come up with some big yards for Kyler Murray uh, because of his after-catch skill set. And he's the type of guy that you can use also on jet sweeps and screens and easy passes that would be otherwise a carry to a running back. I think it hurts Chase Edmonds. I think it hurts James Conner just a little bit, not a lot. 
Uh, I think it takes the upside of uh, the upside I had this year for Chase Edmonds was a thousand total yards and five touchdowns. I think he, he hurts that. I think he's someone that's could potentially hurt AJ Green and Christian Kirk. And if Larry Fitzgerald comes back, him too. Uh, he's he's an exciting young player. He's fun. Unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to have enough touches game to game to be a factor in fantasy. I'm going to bring back some uh, Ben Gretsch love from, uh, we're going to talk about breakout age. As an 18-year-old, he had 114 catches, 1,258 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Yeah. As an 18-year-old. Now, he's been hurt a couple times since then, and I want to give Player Profiler one more shout-out because if you look up Rondale Moore on Player Profiler, it's a picture of (laughs) Ant-Man, which is fantastic because he is, um, he's not tall, but... He's not uh, small either. He is a very, very strong. Like, this is a class full of guys that you can stretch and try to make a comparison to Tyreek Hill. This is my favorite guy to compare to Tyreek Hill. Okay. Uh, you guys are very high. Does he, does he have the pedigree as a deep ball receiver? Did he catch enough deep balls at Purdue? Well, but when Tyreek Hill came into the game, like, everything they were doing with him was close to the line of scrimmage. They threw him a couple of long passes. It was Alex Smith. He did in the preseason. Remember the preseason game? It was his second year. So not necessarily his rookie year. Uh, Rondell will be 21 years old when the season starts. That's impressive. That's that's good stuff. He, uh, Emery Hunt's scouting profile on him said he's not a polished receiver. I I looked at him as a guy who was a great athlete, but I didn't know what kind of receiver he would be at the next level. Oh, he, I, I don't know that he would be. I would not be as excited if he was drafted into some stodgy traditional offense. Right. Like he landed in the place, Cliff Kingsbury, this is your reputation. You should be able to put him to the absolute best use and he should be in space constantly. Okay. Hey, I got Michael Thomas as a winner. You guys feeling that? Yeah, I get Did it. they name Jameis Winston the starter? <laughs> I thought I thought Terrace Marshall would have made so much sense, would have been a great pick for the Saints. Didn't happen when right just before their pick, um, but I mean the target share. He's gonna he's gonna lead the NFL on target share. It's my opinion, and he's gonna be up there at the very least. If Jameis Winston wins that job, wouldn't surprise me if he's number one, number two. You know, just a great value in PPR. Would it surprise you if it went that. the other way though? In terms of what, if if Taysom Hill, he still might get a nice target share, but the catch rate that we're used to enjoying goes down because the passes aren't as accurate. The touchdowns go down. The touchdown, yeah. I just he's Michael Thomas. He's awesome. So I'd still be pretty excited about him. Right, but is he? I I think I love Michael Thomas. They have nobody. I've I've been talking nice about Melvin Gordon. Now I'm going to talk bad about Michael Thomas. Okay, this is just like this is what happens when we do shows at one in the morning. Um, <laughs> I I am really concerned that he's going to be pre 2019 Michael Thomas, and that's he is that's still 140 that's targets. A great player. Yeah, but 140 targets from Taysom Hill still 100, or, or even Jameis Winston is probably a hundred catches and. 1150 1200 yards and seven or eight touchdowns and he's a six through ten wide receiver mm. all right veteran losers who are the losers losers what you um, think? well what did you call me christian kirk <laughs> yeah um robert tunyon mike Kosicki. 
All tight ends. Jeff Wilson. Gesicki's a great one. Gesicki, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's a good one. Um, I, I would also say I think Sam Darnold's a winner. Is Robbie Anderson a loser? I think there's an – I don't think so. The the Terrace Marshall fit in Carolina is great. I love him. It but, is great. But, like, you've got the – you got a, a Robbie Anderson lover and a Terrace Marshall lover on that coaching staff, so I think mm-hmm. they'll both be fine. And and in Heath Cummings, you have a Robbie Anderson lover and a Terrace Marshall lover and a DJ Moore lover. Yes, I I, I love everything around. You're a Panthers fan. Get now. this man well, a Sam Darnold jersey, folks. No, I, I what I said was like everything we said about Daniel Jones on night one. Like they're giving him everything he needs. They've done that for Sam Darnold now. Are we or, repeating ourselves if we say Melvin Gordon's a loser? No, yeah, I mean, he was, yeah. he's a big loser. Definitely, definitely a loser. Yeah, okay. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we got to talk about all those quarterbacks that went off the board. Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, all within four picks of each other. We'll talk a little dynasty, go through some offensive line notes. We did have some tight ends come off the board as well. And we should touch on Tutu Atwell. Hated that pick. I don't understand how the Rams are good. I feel like they make so many bad decisions. <laughs> Well, they don't hardly ever have picks, so they're not used to it, and they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, this guy's fast. Let's take him. Yeah, he might be fine, but you don't have a lot of picks. Why are you taking a wide receiver? They've taken a wide receiver 57th overall two years in a row. I, they extended Robert Woods. I just I don't understand it. Um, and we'll talk about uh, – we talked about most of them. Anthony Schwartz to Cleveland. I'll give you a good stat on the wide receivers who have run a sub 4-3-40. So, I think I can explain the Atwell pick. Okay, well, I look forward to that. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, Dave. Explain the Atwell pick. So you may have heard that they have a new quarterback in L.A. I did. Yeah, uh, I heard that, yeah. He's got a strong arm. And Robert Woods is a great all-around receiver. Not sure he's their best option for the deep ball. He'll get some deep targets, but won't be someone who can really stretch the defense every single week. Cooper Cup is even slower than that. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. Jackson clearly still that deep ball guy. He still has the speed to do it. The problem is, is that he's ancient. 
and he could break by the end of week one. Enter Tutu Atwell, who is kind of a backup for Deshaun Jackson, a contributor on special teams, someone who brings speed to the offense, and this is a team that's going to make use of Matthew Stafford's arm in a way that they were scared to with Jared Goff. With a slot receiver? Why not get an outside receiver? Why are they so afraid of a true outside receiver that can, you know, go one on one and go deep. That's why I don't, they didn't do it last year. They, and they wanted, didn't do it this I year. I really thought you were going to, like, I thought we were going to get some classic Dave Richard long story humor about <laughs> Matthew Stafford having four daughters and they got a new quarterback. And Sean McVay's wife told him we have to go to his daughter's birthday party, party and she wants a tutu. And he thought he was supposed to draft tutu. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Dave. We thought he thought you were setting us up for a joke about explaining. I'm trying to help people prepare for their fantasy draft. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Don't draft Tutu Atwell. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he, he don't draft Tutu Atwell, but it could end up helping Matthew Stafford for five passes this year. Let's let's play a game called draft or don't draft. Baltimore's Rashad Bateman. Is this for 2021? Yeah. Don't draft. 14 round, and you have to have a defense and a kicker? Like a standard CBS 15, 15 round. 15 round. I don't ever do 15 rounds because that's unfair to the team that has the last pick. Because <laughs> Fine, 16 rounds. 16 rounds. 16 rounds. Uh, 16 rounds, then I think I'm probably drafting Bateman in the last round. And what week are you going to cut him? Four. What are you going to cut, I, cut I, Bateman? I went good. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, thank I you, went thank you. to bed last night <laughs> thinking... Um, like I, there's no chance I'm drafting Bateman. And then I was looking at it this morning. I'm like, why do I think that Marquise Brown's definitely better than exactly? Bateman? That's what I said. You don't yesterday. have to Point think flip. that. Guess what? You don't have to draft either of them. Well, one of them is going to be the number one. Well, great. But one of them has been the number one for the past couple of seasons. And it wasn't until the end of last season when he was actually consistent for fantasy purposes. All right. This is uh slowing down the game draft or don't draft Elijah Moore. Don't draft in non-PPR. Jets. PPR. Round two pick. How about the Cardinals round two pick? Rondale Moore. Draft him. Draft him late. Dwayne Eskridge for Seattle. No, Do not. Do not draft. Tutu Atwell for the Rams. Don't draft. Already answered that. Terrace Marshall for the Panthers. Draft. draft. Draft him ahead of Robbie Anderson? No. Not yet. <sighs> okay. I don't know how healthy he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the pick makes perfect sense because Joe Brady was at LSU. He knows what Terrence Marshall can do. Terrence Marshall knows what this offense is all about. It's going to be uh, not much of a learning curve for Marshall. I do get some Terry McLaurin type vibes here as far as a, a receiver who is not drafted in round one who can end up playing like one who does. But he's got to stay healthy. And his name starts with Terror. Yeah. Scary Terrace Marshall. <laughs> Scarus Terrace. Uh, Josh Palmer, Chargers, round three pick. No. Heath, what do you call a cop who's on the balcony? Um, what do you call... No, you uh, can't answer a, a, a dad joke with who's a on a balcony. I don't know. Terrace Marshall. Terrace <laughs> Marshall. That is outstanding, Dave. What do you call a slower Jalen Guyton? <laughs> Uh, what do you call Diami Brown? Draft or don't draft? <laughs> don't draft. 
<laughs> By the way, Chris Trapasso gave this pick an A, the Josh Palmer pick. This is a starting number two receiver in the NFL. Production hurt by bad quarterback play at Tennessee. He's right. Sudden off the line, runs Chris Browse, deceptively fast and tracks it well downfield. Herbert needed another weapon. He could be their number three receiver as soon as week one, and he can be their number two receiver as soon as week one, 2022. Okay, draft or don't draft Amari Rodgers for Green Bay. Draft. Yeah, draft him. That's a late pick draft. Oh, hold on. If Jordan loves the quarterback, don't draft him. (laughs) Okay. Nico Collins for Houston. Only draft him if, only draft Amari Rodgers if the quarterback has the exact same last name. (laughs) Nico Collins, I'm not ready to say draft him yet. Like, I don't think we should ask questions like that about the Texans. Are we not drafting okay. any Texans? Even, even if like it's we said, Sean don't Watson. draft Jets. If it's Deshaun Watson, he's cleared. He's playing week one. I, mean, I think starting. there's a chance that we do. Like, sure. Adam, we're going to take a break from this game and play a new game. I have one more receiver. Can we just finish one the game? More receiver, and then we play a new game. Anthony Schwartz for Cleveland. May yeah. the Schwartz be with you. No, we're not going to draft him. No, he's fun. Uh, Very fun. Uh, what ride receivers who have run that fast have been horrible NFL players. Uh, it's J.J. Nelson and John Ross and Marquise Goodwin, and Carlos those are the Francis. good names. So maybe I'm missing some, but but there have been a lot of bad ones. who have There haven't been that many, but there have been bad wide receivers who have been blazing fast. I can't believe how fast they are, so don't be seduced by the speed. He does not go to a good spot in Cleveland either. Darius Hayward Bay. Uh, all right, what's our new game? We're going to play a game called On the Texans' Current Roster or Not. <laughs> Texan or no Texan? Okay. Okay. Dante Moncrief. I now you're just gonna embarrass me. Uh, I'm gonna say he's on the Texans roster. Correct. Yeah. Chris Conley. He is on the roster. You're you're right. Yeah. Uh, Chris Moore. Oh no, he's not on the roster. He is on the roster. Damn it. <laughs> That's um, one. Isaiah Coulter. Oh yeah, he's on the roster. Alex Erickson. Isn't it Alec? Oh, it's Alex Erickson? Uh, former Bangle? <sighs> no. Yeah, he is. Are you just reading on, the roster? What kind of a game on, is this? Yeah, that's Andre Roberts. <laughs> okay, yes. They're all they, yes. They have like 17 wide receivers. They have eight running backs. They have six tight ends. I don't understand how they have so many players. None of them are good. No. No, but it, that's not that's not the way the roster limits work. You don't get a set amount of talent, and you can distribute amongst how many players you want. No, I got but what I'm saying is, if, game. if Nico Collins is good, then then he could be the number two I think receiver. He could very easily be their second receiver. Adam, you want to play one more Texan or no Texan? Oh, fine. Devin Funchess. He's not on the Texans. Yes, he is. His name's Nico Collins <laughs> and Dante Moncrief. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> All right, let's talk about the quarterbacks from a dynasty perspective. How are you ranking? Uh, how are you ranking Kyle Trask on Tampa Bay, Kellen Mond Minnesota, Davis Mills Houston? Outside Mon. of my top thirty-eight, all below Jordan Love. Oh, I yeah. just, I'm sorry. I just meant rookies only. No, I, I okay. Mond is my favorite of the three you named. I guess Mills would be next, and Trask last. I would go Mills, Trask, Mond, but again, they range from 
I said 38. I think it might, might actually be in the 40s now. Um, 44-ish to 49-ish. Um, I, I, I hope we don't ever watch these guys throw NFL passes. Really? That's not a nice thing to say. I don't think... I'm curious. Mon makes me intrigued. I don't think they're starters. I think they'll play if the starters get hurt, and I don't want anybody to get hurt. Did you watch a lot of Davis Mills? A little Davis Mills. I watched very he didn't play little. Very, nobody watched very much. Yeah, right, right. He only played 13 games. I, I'm not blown away by him. I, 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 think, I, I think what the Texans did with both of their picks was just take the best available player that was on their board, and that's it. And obviously... They've got some quarterback things going on. So it made sense to get Davis Mills. But if Tyrod stinks, is this the week one starter for the Houston Texans at quarterback? Uh, they also have Ryan Finley. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Ryan so Finley. Many I would have gotten that one right. Yeah. <laughs> Texan that would have been Texan. genius of you to say, nope, not a Texan. All right, <laughs> let's, name somebody who wasn't a Texan. Let's talk about the tight ends from a dynasty standpoint here. Pat Fryermuth to Pittsburgh in the second round. Hunter Long to the Dolphins. Tr- Tommy Tremble to Carolina. Trey McKitty to the Chargers. All of them in the third round. Long. Tremble, Where the hell is Brevin Jordan? Yeah, we told you. Round four. He's uh, he's small. Brevin Jordan. He's six foot two, which is what Jordan Reed was, and that's the guy that uh, Emery compared Brevin Jordan to. But he's small. And Tommy Tremble is a good blocker. Trey McKitty is is uh, one of the best blockers in the class. Inline blockers in the class, according to Chris mm-hmm. Trapasso, who does our scout does scouting for us. Um, so keep that in mind. But Friar Muth, Hunter Long, Tremble, McKitty, are you guys excited about these players in Dynasty? No, nope. no, not at all. Friar Muth is the only one who will be in my top thirty-six in rookie only. I would play Friar Muth in Scrabble because <laughs> you'd probably get a lot of points for that name. Hunter Long had a really good year, very productive. You'd only get five points for Long. <laughs> Well, unless you hit the double word or triple word. <laughs> okay. I think we're done for the day. Thank you guys. Go get some sleep. So uh, tomorrow, tune in. Trag, are you there? Can you tell us what to do? Programming? Yeah. Noon Eastern. We'll be live on Fantasy Football Today YouTube channel. And then we'll have another podcast tomorrow night, probably around 9, 9.30 Eastern. Was there anything you guys want, go collapse. wanted to say about the offensive line, by the way? Okay. There are things we could Mark say. Ingram. Why don't we save them for another day? Mark Ingram? He's the offensive yeah. line? No, he's, is he a Texan or not a Texan? <laughs> he's a Texan. Kiki QT. Philip Lindsay. You know who else is a Texan? Ben Tracker is a Texan. Lives in Texas. Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> That means hello and goodbye in Texas. It's like aloha. We're out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow night with a recap of day three. Winners and losers. Expect some running backs to come off the board. Heath and I got into it about Mike Davis. I'm going to be right in like 12 hours, Heath. I'm going to be right about Mike Davis. See you. Talk to you tomorrow. See you, everybody. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!